to as poisonous as they come from here. Screaming, line drive, he scores! Orlando City, in second half stoppage time, takes the lead at BMO Field. Here is Tony Presley on her left, fires! It's a beauty of a penalty! Into the roof, and Tony Presley, with seconds on the clock, has equalized for Orlando. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show, where today, we're not talking about any losses. My God, what a concept. Orlando City won in Toronto for the first time ever, and Orlando almost lost, but a stoppage time penalty for the Pride saved them, and they finished 2-2 against Kansas City Current. So we're going to break that all down, plus uh, what's happening for OCB as we're recording this, and plus uh, what, whatever else we can think about. So without further ado, I am Austin David. Joining me is Cal Foley and Gavin Eubank. And uh, gentlemen, how are you doing today? Not too bad, not too bad. You know, uh, like you said, everyone's everyone's winning this weekend. You know, we got the Yankees in first place, Orlando City tied for first place, the Pride somehow have not lost in two games, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there is absolutely no other team that I support that is in peril at the moment or having a bad time. Everything's just going great. It's all good. Good. It's all good. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I get the feeling maybe it's it's not all good. No. Yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. No one stop. No one's no one's gonna get relegated. It's so let's good. start talking about Everton. How about that game? Uh, who? Who? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's watching a roller coaster of emotion. You know, so I it, every possible feeling that you could feel being a sports fan uh, came out yesterday. So welcome to the Everton fandom. I, I've been told. <sighs> yeah. No, it's uh, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, Chelsea on Saturday lost the FA Cup again, so that's always fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, that must be nice to you know be in an FA Cup final. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nice at least to, at least we're there. At least we're there. Yeah, you know, yeah. It must be nice. You know, just it's all good. That's all good. Don't worry. All right, let's talk about some more fun stuff. Orlando City stoppage time winners against Toronto. For the first time Orlando has actually won in the city of Toronto in their MLS history, dating back to 2015. Historically speaking, especially in 2015 with Sebastian Giovinco there, they did not have a fun time losing, what, 4-1 and 5 nothing respectively in 2015 and 16, I think. It wasn't great times for Orlando back in the day when they had to go to Toronto. And even most recently over the last couple of years, they've drawn. So not as bad as losing, but like you go back 2019, it was a 1-1 draw, and then I think most recently it was a 0-0 draw. Yeah, Toronto has always been one of those teams that, up until recently, just not a fun... Like, they're not a team that you circle on the schedule. They're a team that you look at on the schedule and think, like, oh, God, you know, how can we keep it close this weekend? I mean, and obviously Toronto, for Orlando's first few years, was one of the best teams in the league. You know, what was it, 2017? They had what was at the time like the greatest MLS season of all time. Mm. Um, but now they have been so bad lately that I forgot that Bob, that Bob Bradley was like their coach. It's uh, just like yeah. you don't think about them that much anymore, which is weird because obviously too, like up until Orlando got to MLS, Toronto was never good. 
And then Orlando entered the league. Toronto was one of the top teams, and it, they were never fun to play against. Yeah, well, they Home had or an, they had an informed Michael Bradley, an informed Josie Altidore, and a very, very, very informed Sebastian Giovinco. They were a very different team back then. They have one of those three left, and the one that's still staying there is is just he's past his prime. Plus, now he's playing for his dad. So that's always fun. Yeah. F- Father-son playing always works out, right? Well, they've got Pozuelo now, and he is very good. I think he's He did not the play. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he did not play against Orlando, which was uh, very fortunate for the Orlando defense. Uh, not having to go up against him or Insigne, who is not there yet. But Orlando looked like they should have scored many times throughout the match. In fact, their expected goals, anyone want to take a guess or if you've already seen it? I'll say I've already seen it. Okay, um, well. It definitely uh, higher than what happened. <laughs> yeah, expected goals for Orlando was a 1.53. Uh, with the best chance of the game actually coming in the 27th minute, thanks to Junior Urso, that was the highest goal chance of any goal chance in the game. Um, but obviously, uh, Alex Bono, uh, he had a great game. He had five saves. Um, the shot that Mauricio Pereira had in the 39th minute. I was going to say, where did his land on that? It was actually like 0. 0.061, huh. which was like one of the lower stops in the uh, expected goals selections. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, because it was a free kick from far out uh, instead yeah. of just a, you know, very close up chance from Urso where he just kind of Yeah, whiffed. I mean statistically speaking it, pro- it definitely you know probably isn't one of their best chances of the game but on the eye test that was probably the closest that orlando had come to scoring all day outside of obviously uh, kyle smith in stoppage time yeah uh funny enough uh the alexandra pato kick from midfield ended up on the uh, xg list but it uh it was so low of an expected goal that it didn't even register as a a point, but it was still a shot on target because it it Bono actually had to save it. Was this uh, is this what I'm looking at? The one after Kyle Smith's goal? Yeah. Okay. The point oh two percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like the the lowest of the lowest opportunities. Yeah. It's point zero. I mean, they, it's point zero 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 two. It's funny that they call it like a miss. Like it just completely missed the target, even though it didn't. It wasn't a miss. It was a save. It was on target. Yeah. That's the funny thing. Yeah. That's what they call it. It just says outcome miss. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this game, Orlando felt like the better team. I mean, the stats back it up. And if you're watching this, you can say that Orlando definitely should have won this game. Um, But I also just had this feeling like throughout the second half up until they finally scored, like Orlando should win this game. They should be up two, three goals. They're a much more talented team than Toronto is, but also at the same time, knowing how much they've struggled to put the ball in the back of the net. They're one of the lowest scoring teams in the Eastern Conference, especially among the lowest, if not the lowest scoring team in a playoff position at the moment. It just felt like. They should win this game. I just don't know if they're going to find a way to win this game. And obviously, the lineup dictated a lot of that. They have a, 
a you know a center midfielder, a defensive midfielder playing on the right wing. So <laughs> it kind of felt like at the beginning, like this was not going to be a very high scoring game for Orlando. And magically, off a set piece, you know, Lexi Lawless's favorite thing, hmm. Orlando finds a goal. Yeah, it was um, it was good because it was the two substitutes. So Oscar can come in and say, "Haha, look at look at me." <laughs> I made the I made the right subs and they affected the game in the right way this time. Mm-hmm. Just kind of opposite of some of the other games. Not to say that his choices were bad. It's just they didn't affect the game as he probably would have hoped. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this time, Kyle Smith heads in the goal in the 92nd minute thanks to Pato's service, which was a good one. Really bad defending on Toronto's part for not marking anybody in the box, really. And, uh, yeah, very, very kind of smash and grabby kind of feel, even though Orlando did dominate the game in basically every statistical category. They had more final third entries, more touches in the opposition's box. They had more shots inside the box, more shot accuracy, more shots on target, more shots, uh, more possession, more total passes. Like I could just go down the list, and basically every single statistical category was in or favor of Orlando. So all things considered, Orlando should have won by probably two or so goals, but and, they didn't. And you they know, won by one nothing. Go take that. Yeah, and, and coming off the last game they had in Canada uh, a week ago against Montreal, obviously mm. not a great game. It's very encouraging. To see them be able to go on the road like this to a place like Toronto, like you said, they've never won before, and put in a performance like that, it definitely it's definitely an encouraging thing. And and you know, Orlando City's in first place, so they are not. There's a that's that's well, a lie. Orlando's tied for first place. That's also Montreal a lie. does own the goal differential on them. So yeah, they've well, also they also sorry. have a game in they're hand. They're tied for points, is what I, yeah is what I should say. Yeah, um, they're tied in points, but they have a game in hand. Does Montreal? Right. Uh, as does yeah. Philadelphia, who are also on 20 points. And um, guess who's in fourth, you guys? FC Cincinnati. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. Somehow. Somehow, some way, Cincinnati has six wins on the season, which is tied for how many Orlando has. I guess I'd have to look at their schedule. What's their schedule look like? You know, it's actually been surprisingly like challenging. Um, they just they just had their their most recent win against Chicago, which uh, they've been kind of bad lately. Yeah, I was gonna say um, that's not a challenge. They beat Minnesota, mm-hmm. which was a big win for them. They beat Toronto two nothing twice. They actually beat them back to back weeks two nothing and two one respectively. Um, and then outside of that, that, yeah, no, actually, all their wins all their wins have been Miami. pretty. Yeah, all their wins have been pretty bad teams well except orlando maybe uh but that was Which, back when they were not great you know what's funny is when that orlando uh win happened and orlando lost to them it, at the time obviously we were all searching for answers because orlando should not have lost at home to a team like cincinnati mm-hmm. and it kind of felt like it was going to be one of those games where we look back at the end of the year and it was like oh yeah like they lost to cincinnati like how the hell did that happen and here we are and cincinnati's like actually good Mm-hmm. And uh, for some, at the moment, it's going to be like, oh, wow, like, okay, yeah, maybe Cincinnati was pretty good because they went on the road and beat Orlando. So. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Cincinnati does have a better away record than they do at home. 
they actually have more road wins than any of the teams above them. Uh, yeah, that is what's crazy is of that four game, they're on a four game winning streak. And up until they beat Toronto a week ago, two weeks ago, it looks like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, three straight wins all on the road. Yeah. Except, don't, don't, don't pay attention to the open cup game against new England where they lost five, one that's, you know, just, just don't worry about that yeah, one. That is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, no worries. Uh, but back to Orlando, um, fun stat time guys ready for this orlando have scored in each of their last three games scoring four goals in that run it's always nice to see uh they've also scored in 10 of their 12 total games only the philadelphia union who have scored in 11 have scored goals in more matches in mls this season i mean i would say if there's one thing obviously orlando does not score a lot of goals but it there is consistency there, mm-hmm. um, so there's that. They're, they're not going to beat you for five something. nothing. Yeah, but they're gonna yeah, they're I gonna mean, beat you potentially. <laughs> I think I th- I think one thing that's evident, at least right now, um, is that this team is not the same team. You know, offensively, obviously that that they were in 2020 when they were a very good offensive team, and obviously almost none of the same attacking players are there, save for yeah. Tesho and Mauricio. But just the way that this team plays, at least at the moment, is not the same. And it's obviously showing in the fact that it's not producing a whole lot of goals. And, you know, because there's a lot of new faces, things take time. You know, Torres is still adjusting to America. Vandervutter's out. You know, Urkin is obviously, again, still, you know. So, Mauricio Pereira is adjusting to a bunch of new guys as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, these things yeah. take time. Kara, Kara, while we're on him very quickly... Um... He, he didn't have the greatest of games, unfortunately. He's he's kind of mm-hmm. struggled a lot more. Uh, now, this could just be because of, you know, getting the ball. But uh, in terms of his uh, touches, I think he had... 16, I think, is what the total was. Yeah. Okay, so he had 9 or 10 passes. 17, yeah. Uh, and none of them were really... Like, if you look at his passing chart, it's just kind of little, like... Yeah. Just Nine passes, passes, and he only hit a third. He only hit two-thirds of them. Yeah, to be fair, two, three of them uh, were in and around the 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all his other passes were, like, in the midfield. So, like, he was the outlet guy where they were they were clearing downfield. He was getting a, you know, getting the ball, chesting it down, and then laying it off to whoever was on the wings. So it was either Urso or, or Torres. Yeah, so uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to, more to be expected from Kara, I think. Um I think fans are probably looking at him like, why is he not Daryl DK? <laughs> yeah. I think that's that's probably how they're looking at him right now because he was brought in as DK's replacement. Uh, but it's a very different. He's a very different style of player. He's not as athletic. He's not as as quick off the dribble as DK was. He's not as powerful in his movements. Uh, he's good in his own right, but he just hasn't been able to to kind of adjust enough up front for Orlando and I think that's what's hurting them offensively is that they don't have that Daryl DK style of player who could kind of do things on his own because like when he would get the ball he'd chest it down he'd be able to beat two three four players and then open up the rest of the offense for the team and Carr is not that guy well I mean I'm looking you look at his stats too he's only averaging just over um 
just over a shot per game, 1.2 shots per game. So it's not like yeah. he's even getting on the end of a lot of balls. Yeah. Just and, you and know, a little that's, concerning. Yeah, he had a good he had a good chance um kind of early his bad he's uh, un unsuccessful touches per game. Yeah, is actually had, higher than his had, shots per game. He had a good chance in the 7th minute, 8th minute that had it, it was just blocked out, but that was it. That's literally it. That's the only shot that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that give it a little bit more time and hopefully he adjusts. But for right now, mm-hmm. uh, tough. Yeah, I mean you know two goals and two assists though. So right, he's contributing. It's he's obviously, definitely contributing. And and the yeah. way that everything is spread out for Orlando, like they're 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 scoring load. There's not one player that is like dominating the score sheet. You have. Jamutinho, Junior Urso, Urchankara, Alexander Pato, and Facundo Torres, all with two goals apiece to lead the team. And then you have Benji, Rodrigo, Kyle, and Juan as the other contributors to the goals. Which is, it's always, Orlando's been like that under Oscar Pereja, because even in their better seasons, in like the 2020s, it was, who Orlando had multiple guys, right? That had double-digit goals. You had Nani, or did Nani have double-digit goals? Because I know Tesho did, right? He had like t- a 10-goal season. He did. Um, Nani, must, I believe, might have been up there. Daryl obviously yep. was up there. So, I mean, Mueller, they Mueller were definitely... in 2020 had 10 goals. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Nani had 10 in 2021. Um, I think Tesho was 2019. No, Nani had 12 in 2019, and Tesho had 10. Okay. They've never ha- not had a double-digit goal scorer, though. Right, which is, it's good, you know, I say we all wanted Facundo Torres to come in and be the guy that scores 20 goals, and there's still the potential there. He's, you know, he'll be here for a long time. Mm. But to have a team where two to three guys could reliably hit 10, 11 goals, it feels like you're setting yourself up better in the long run because you're not so reliable on that one player having to be the guy that steps up every game because when inevitably a Torres goes cold, a Tesho goes cold, a Carr goes cold, somebody else is there to fill in those shoes and, and pick up the pace. And that's a good thing to have, especially for a team like Orlando when you know the consistency is showing, it's showing that they're consistent because someone is always there to be that guy on any given night. Right, but what happens if they're all off? Like you need a guy well, that that's can, you need yeah, a guy I that mean, you need at least a guy, like someone that can step up and lead the offense. Um and I think that when And there's look, still time when, for that guy to show oh, himself. Sure, I mean, yeah. absolutely. There's still plenty of time. But who is it going to be is the question. Will it be Torres? Yeah. Will it be Cara? Will it be Pato? That that is remains to be seen. Right, especially when Orlando gets into July and August when they historically always struggle, who is going to be that one guy that's trying to pull the rest of the team up with him? Well, does the team need that guy? Just a question to think about. Maybe uh, I well, I personally, the, the big thing I've talked about for the last couple of years has been being overly reliant on one player. Right. I think I think obviously you want to have you want to have a player that if if the whole team is not clicking, you want to have someone who's able to rescue, but I would argue it's better to not have a guy that you've got all of those hopes on because eventually you just become complacent and then you begin to just expect them to carry you all the time 
which is just impossible. So I, well, I, I think I if, you, of, if you have a full starting 11 contingent of players that can be relied upon, then you're, you're good. Uh, does Orlando have that right now though? No, but I don't think, I don't think many people have a full starting 11 that they can, they can. Well, okay. Let me put, no, 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 no. Let, let, let me, let me put it, I know let mean. me put it to you this way. Do you, does Orlando have a, cause like Orlando has a, a preferred starting 11 that when those players start, you're, you're feeling good about the team. That's kind of what I mean. Like right now, they're they're missing a lot of players due to injury. Um, you know, Antonio Carlos being the biggest one, I would say. Uh, but right yeah. now, like, you know, with 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 uh, Benji out, with Sylvester out, um, they're just kind of missing options right now. Right, right. I I think what's I think what's good though for Orlando City is that. Even with so few options, it's been a, and there's been, two, I mean, there's been two real bad stinkers, um, but there's been some pretty good games, and there's, been, I think, I think that depth and those options turn games like Toronto instead of a, a one nothing win at the very last second. Maybe, maybe that game is won a little bit earlier in the game, but I think having a, a wide variety of players that are capable of scoring goals and winning games for you, in the long run, is way more beneficial than. Because what Orlando City has been in the past, you mentioned, you know, uh, replacing Daryl DK, but look what those former team setups look how far they got the team, mm-hmm. and it's very it was very much dependent on is DK going to score tonight? Is Nani going to score tonight? You go even back to the the beginning couple of years, is Kaká going to score tonight? And if not, right off the game, it's it's pointless. There's no way to win, and I think now we're finally seeing. And we've seen it developing over the last couple of years under Oscar, but we're really seeing now just a, a full team approach, even without all of the preferred options. Yeah, I, I, I could agree with that. Uh, still time to tell whether, you know, that that works in the long run or if somebody starts scoring more goals uh, or if it just continues to be a kind of distributed team where I think like with Oscar's former teams in Dallas where that, that that was kind of the mold where like everybody was dangerous everybody was scoring there was no like they didn't have a true like number nine striker that was like dominating the score sheet um if I remember right I think like Maxi Rudy was like one of their top goal scorers one year and he had like nine and like everybody else was like six five four like everyone yeah. was right there so it's not unexpected of an Oscar Pereja team to kind of have that that feeling Mm-hmm. Just historically speaking, um, but uh, you know that's a good point. That that if you look back, they won U.S. Open Cup. They they were contenders for many years in Dallas. So like, as long as you're there, I don't think you're unhappy if you're an Orlando City fan. Yeah, and I mean, and, and Oscar's good at extracting talent, extracting value out of guys mm. too that you don't normally think of as players. I mean. Look at what's happened with Tesh Rock and Dolly. You know, people like to knock on the guy, but like you said, he had a double-digit goal season just a couple of years ago. You know, when Orlando City was a surprisingly good team because there was wait, a lot of guys whoa, whoa, overperforming whoa, whoa, expectations. Wait, hold, hold, hold on, he was a double-digit goal scorer in 2019. Yeah, they were not surprisingly good uh, in 2019. Well, how many did he score? 
Was 2019 really that long ago? Yeah, it was. It was three it years really ago, was. Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I feel like this just. Uh, I, I just. I do want to point out for a minute as I'm as I'm looking up statistics on another team that I was thinking of when talking about playing as a team where you don't have that 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 key striker that's scoring goals for you all the time and it's more you know spread around the team. Just reminds me of a, another decent coach across the pond uh, named Pep Guardiola who. <laughs> Teams operate in a in a somewhat similar way. Obviously, very different levels of of skill and competition between the two teams, but a more team centric approach. And I think there's been for you know you've seen for last decade plus the debates around pep teams are do they need a number nine or do they not? I think it's kind of similar to watching Orlando City. It's like they just look like more of a complete team without having that one goal scorer that they rely on for everything. I mean, Pep is really good at extracting value from those billion-dollar rosters. Well, I, well, and that's yeah, that's <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's finding you know obscure players and turning them into something great. But I'm just talking about in terms of tactically and the way that the teams play and the the it's very priority distributed out. Yeah, no, I I got I get what yeah. you're trying to say. Yes, there's there's clearly a difference between Manchester City ownership <laughs> and money and Orlando City yes. money. I don't think Orlando City's owners have ever been indirectly responsible for any murders or uh, I, uh, domestic I was or, like, um, civil rights abuses or things like that. I was really sure that that 10-goal season for Tesha was under Oscar. That is so mm, long nope. ago. That was James O'Connor. Whole, the whole pandemic just throws the whole timeline off and had the shortened season and everything. Yep, that is true. All right. Uh, last couple things for Orlando City. They're playing in Austin this weekend. Q2 Stadium. Yeah. That should What's be... That? Uh, I'm interested because I have not really watched much Austin FC since they've came into the league. But I know that they are... They're what? Second, third place this year so far? Um, they do... They do well, play at LAFC on Thursday night and then home against Orlando on Sunday. So that very short turnaround where Orlando does not have a game. In the mm-hmm. middle of this week could be beneficial, so we'll see how that works. Because they're that playing is... first place LAFC, they're gonna want to. They're probably gonna want to go full steam ahead and get and get the results from that one. Yeah, that's opposed... a Wednesday game. I don't know where you're getting Thursday from. The nineteenth, isn't that Wednesday? That's Thursday. They're playing. They're playing Wednesday, May eighteenth. Oh. Now I'm looking <laughs> at it. Says it says five nineteen. At what? Where does it say this? On the form guide, when you hover over the thing, it says at LAFC What website is this? MLSsoccer.com. Are you kidding? That's weird. I mean, yeah, they play. The they play I wonder if the game got moved. I don't uh, know. No, I'm, I'm looking right now. I mean, it, is... it does say on their on the game page, 1030. It, yeah, it may have gotten moved up a day. Because yeah, it's weird I, that it would be on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to bet That's it's just a typo on the website either way they play yeah no mid-week. if you if you go yeah. to the schedule on the mls website it says they're playing 10 30 p.m 5 18 yeah no i mean i'm looking at the game page now and it does say that that's yeah. just weird that the form guy said something else well it's, it's mls what, 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 yeah. what are you expecting here yeah, yeah realistically here but yeah like you said austin fc is good it'll be a fun atmosphere it's a sunday night game so there's a little bit more uh to it it's not a special broadcast though it's still just a fox 35 plus uh 
Lame. So why yeah. am I sitting at? Why am I staying up till eight o'clock to watch a soccer game that's not nationally televised? Um, on a Sunday night. Saturday games are televised though. That see, that's just weird. That's backwards. Yeah. That is very at least, backwards. At least you, though, Gavin, you get to watch these games without having to use Lion Nation. <laughs> I do I do get to watch on ESPN. Well, now I get to watch them on ESPN Plus that's connected into Hulu, so I can just flip between channels like when, you know, I get bored. <laughs> make it, there make you it go. feel like it's 2005 all over again, you know, changing channels. <laughs> I don't even know there's yeah. a thing people could do anymore. <laughs> It's the only use I have for live TV is for sports. I thought you have YouTube TV uh, trial. I did a trial of I did a trial of YouTube TV. I'm a, I'm not I can't afford to pay for YouTube TV on my own, man. That's fair. All right, uh, last couple things for Orlando City. Oh boy, I got some breaking news for you guys, and it is not good. Remember how we oh. talked about Sylvester Vanderwater being injured? Uh oh. Did you mm. curse him? Did you give him the Austin David curse? No, I, I didn't know that was a thing. It is now. I'm making it a thing. What what happened? What's what's this terrible news? So there's potential for Sylvester Vaderwater to be out for the season with a yep. fracture oh in the lower leg with muscular damage. Yeah, you cursed him. No, I didn't curse him because this this was this was news before I said anything. Mm, uh, yeah, but I'm pretty sure at some point you said uh, you were hoping it, it wasn't going to be a season-ending injury, or you thought it. Uh, maybe, maybe I did. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, uh, th- this is according to a uh, close source, close to the team. Uh, the damage that was done to his uh, ankle region during the uh, Charlotte FC game ended up being a lot more than they thought. After second and third opinion, they realized that there was a uh, fracture in his uh, lower leg, and there was also some muscular damage to go along with that which will keep him out for the rest of the season most likely so that that is a big loss uh depth wise for orlando on the wing also not considered- even to mention the fact that they were originally also planning to have gaston gonzalez yeah yeah, yeah on the so, roster in that spot too right and gaston gonzalez tore his acl so they're missing a lot of winger depth which uh, also, Benji Michel will probably, according to my source, uh, miss a couple weeks due to a uh, tweaked ankle. Is Tesho, Tesho's back in training, right? Uh, Tesho is off the injury report, but I haven't seen him back in training yet. Uh, then again, they're just coming back from this weekend. He wasn't on the mm-hmm. roster for the game in Toronto, but um, I have a feeling that I'll see him in training this week. Fun, fun. Benji, you said, was in a walking boot? Yeah, I, I said he tweaked his ankle during training. Okay, okay. Fun! Yeah, mm. we love it. We love... Uh, but that's why Junior Urso is playing as a winger, and he might be playing there more often for the foreseeable future, because who else do you have? Yeah, that uh, that's going to be good for the old XG, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might see Jake Mulraney playing on the left and then Torres on the right or something like that. See, see where they go with... with uh, options going forward but yeah jake moraney's pickup is is looking <laughs> a lot more important now yeah we'll see if that's i think is the mls window closed for the moment hmm. i'm sure i'm sure that the summer window might bring some activity i mean you're gonna have to at this point if orlando wants to make a run at the playoffs they're gonna need more reinforcements absolutely and uh 
this would be the first actual summer window with the Wilfs in charge. So could be interesting. Yep. And also, uh, heck, you could pull somebody from OCP if you're really that desperate. You never know. <sighs> Speaking of OCB, they're playing currently as, as well, by the time this recording is out, they will have already played against the Philadelphia Union. Uh, they do play at home against Miami, uh, Inter-Miami CF2 this weekend on Saturday at 6 o'clock. And that game is the day before the City and Pride play on Sunday. So, uh, while we're on the Pride, let's talk about them what a game. First half was nothing. <laughs> uh, zero, zero after the first half. And then everything starts happening as the second half starts. Gunny Jan's daughter scores in the 51st minute. Uh, Orlando looking pretty good for the first 15 minutes of the second half. And then Kansas City makes some subs. And it all falls apart. Aaron McLeod had to step up in a big way for Orlando making... Uh, a number of saves. I believe she made six total. And all of them very impressive. But she couldn't do it all on her own. Um, you know, Amanda Cromwell told me after the game that she was trying to rest players with this week in mind. Because they play not only on Wednesday at North Carolina, but on Sunday against uh, Chicago at home so with that in mind and with players still missing due to injuries they've taken liberties at, at, at trying to rest some players so they're not playing full 90 minutes especially some of the more important players like a Sydney LaRue, Gunny Yonstadter etc um, kind of giving some other players some opportunities and well it, it almost uh, it almost came back to bite them because when they made some of the subs their defense just wasn't the same uh also Kansas City's attacking subs made more of a difference so it it really came back to bite them over the last 10 minutes of the game where uh Elsie Bennett scored in the 78th minute and then Kristen Hamilton scored just as the clock passed over 90 minutes it looked like Kansas City was going to steal one at the end because 2-1 up in stoppage time there's only three minutes of stoppage time and well it's the pride they had just subbed out Gunny Yon's daughter in Sydney LaRue like they they didn't have any offensive options they had they had Erica Timrak and Abby Kim on there but outside of that like everybody else that had come on were not offensive subs they were defensive subs trying to hold the game surprise surprise uh Kylie Strom who one of those defensive subs I mentioned she gets on a ball from Jordan Listro and smashes it towards goal it's saved by Edie French, and it goes out for a corner. That ensuing corner popped up in the air, and Kylie Strom, who seconds ago had that play, gets taken out in the box. The referee originally calls it outside the box and shows the yellow card to uh, who did she? Desiree Scott. And then something happens. There's no VAR in NWSL. But the referee changes her call. She says, you know what? It's actually in the box. Penalty to Orlando in the 94th minute. 
of three minutes of stoppage time. And here's where it gets really weird. As I said before, all the offensive players have been subbed off for Orlando. Who's going to step up and take the penalty? Well, nobody. Nobody wanted to, except for Tony Presley. Tony Presley steps up, grabs the ball, and says, I'll do it. And Tony Presley has a very powerful left foot. Uh, I, I don't know how many other players have the power that she has in terms of like her. Cause if you watch her play, her switching of fields or just clearances downfield, they're arguably some of the better ones in the league because of just how powerful um, her strikes are. So I knew going into it that Tony Presley was going to smash it. The question was if it would be on target or not. And boy, did she. Uh, She roofed it into the top of the net. Nobody was saving that thing. AD French dove for it, but yeah, she, she could not touch that thing. And uh, Orlando rescues a point at the death. Somehow, some way. And it's 2-2 in the final. Yeah, man. What a great time for the pride. Absolutely. Now, um, <laughs> I, I got I got the opportunity to call this game, actually. So uh, this was uh, a very entertaining end to the game. Um, and as well, you heard in the very beginning of the show, that was actually my call for Tony Presley's goal. So that was fun. I um, I had to write the recap immediately after the game, and uh, trying to put that into words was interesting because it's just like, yeah, Orlando blew their lead, but also like managed to get a very lucky call at the end. Uh, I think the mood around the team was, thankfully, we didn't blow it, but also like, God, we almost blew it. Like, they weren't happy. They were more just relieved. And talking to to Amanda Cromwell, she was critical of her team. So it was Erin McLeod. You know, she said, we need to do better in these moments. We need to do... There's a lot of things that we need to improve on. Uh, We can't just hoof the ball downfield and concede possession. We have to actually play with possession. Our team is built around doing that. And there was too many times where they were just hoofing it and giving Kansas City the ball back. Yeah, and I mean, you know, for a team like this, that you know, the pride will never straightforwardly say that they they don't have a goal to win as many games as possible and maybe even reach the playoffs this season. Games like this for a team that is building from the ground up that realistically does probably not have a chance at competing for the playoffs this season. Mm. These are good games. These are good moments, and these are things that all of these young players are going to be able to look back on, and Cromwell is going to be able to use to build them up to have them better prepared the next time they're in a situation like this. So, you know, every game is useful, whether you win or not. Yeah, I think, honestly, like you said, it's good. Um, just just for the, the confidence of some of the young players to, to you know, come back from the brink, even though it was kind of yeah. their fault in the first place that they were in that <laughs> position. Uh, but we'll, we won't talk about that. The biggest thing for the Pride right now is just offense, right? Uh, Sidney LaRue and Gunny daughter are your two goal scorers, and everybody else is just there. Um, Darian Jenkins did score two in the Challenge Cup, but they don't have I mean, it. They don't she, have... was, 
they don't have a she player. Was impressive. Yeah, I mean, she's she's fast see down what the way. She can grow into this year, you know, and, and maybe become that third player that you look at next to Larue and and say, you know, hey, they've got they've got these three to continue to build around. Sure, but outside of those three, well, yeah, they have they have no I other offensive murky. option. If only they had. Uh, if only they would have coughed up a little bit more to sign to official. S- yeah, the official. <laughs> Also, by the way, killing it in Mexico. Yeah. Who would have thought? doesn't make you feel any better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, uh, no knock to Leah Pruitt. She's been very good in terms of her pressing the back line. Um, she did have a bit of a nightmare moment in the game against Kansas City where she stole the ball. It was one-on-one against the keeper. Sydney LaRue was to her left wide open. And instead of passing it to her, she shot it and hit the post. Um, she rounded AD French, by the way, in that play in the 23rd minute. But unfortunate for uh, for Leia not to, to get the goal because that would have set the tone for the rest of the game. And well, may- maybe it would have been uh, maybe it would have been a different outcome. Who knows? Either way, um, Orlando's uh, expected goals. Put it this way: uh, Kansas City had 1.83. Uh, the pride had 1.54, but most of that expected goal came from Tony Presley's penalty, which was a whole 0.7 of that 1.5. So if you take away that, then oof. But again, credit to Kansas City. They hadn't scored a goal coming into this game. They had lost their first two. They hadn't scored. And well, they did it. Yeah. And again, uh, Orlando, for their sake, they're missing Marta. That's a big miss. Mm-hmm. Right? You, you, she's she's there now. Granted, Marta is at training. She's she's doing everything but playing. She's in film sessions. She's she's showing up. She's like coaching players. And I remember talking to Michelle Akers, and she's like, "Yeah, I can see Marta coaching in the future. I think she she should be a coach because of how much uh, knowledge she has for the game." And for for Michelle, like she's been through something like this before with her knee injuries, so she can kind of see where Marta's head is at. And having them both like together, kind of coaching and being around the team is really really cool. So, looking ahead for the Pride, though they play Wednesday at North Carolina, they play Sunday at home against uh, Chicago. The Orlando City and Orlando Pride game, both almost at the same time on Sunday, though. Uh, Pride are playing at 7 o'clock at home. City playing at 8 o'clock away. So, go to the Pride game and then watch the end of the City game from the Pride game. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know. But go up to the, go to the Pride game. They need support. Do it. Outside of that, gentlemen, it's time to wrap up the show. Outside of our weird news, which I'm sure you guys have ready to go. Right? We also, also have like you don't know us at all. Uh well, actually Kyle's had his weird news ready every time. Every time we've gone through. Yeah, I always forget about it until yeah. we do it. Anyway, uh, outside of those 
two things, our red cards and our weird news. We also have, where are they now? Where are they now? Where are they now? Uh, we went with a pride player last time. So we're. Pro- do you want to do double up on the pride or do you want to go Orlando City? Let's do, let's do Orlando City this week. Where are they now? Featuring Dylan Powers. You guys remember Dylan Powers? It's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Dylan Powers played for Orlando City from 2017 to 2019, made 16 appearances, and scored a goal in the U.S. Open Cup, I believe. Nowadays, after leaving Orlando, he went to Dundee United out in the Scottish Premiership, played in 22 games, scored a goal, then came back to America, played in the USL Championship. Hold on. So does that make him the highest scoring former Orlando City player in Scotland? You know what? It does. It Interesting. In fact does. Interesting. No, no, no. He's tied. Tied. Because Chris Miller also scored one. Just not in league play. Uh, it doesn't count. Do it, well, do I don't it, I don't do I don't know if I don't know if uh Dylan's goal in, in Dundee was in league play. Oh, it was. It sure was. Okay, well, in league play, he is the most he has the most goals out of an Orlando City former player. Now, outside of Dundee United, he came back to the America in 2021, played for Orange County in the USL Championship, and uh, he won the championship with them this past year. He beat the Tampa Bay Rowdies in Tampa for the championship, and then now he has just gone back. Uh, to the UK and now he's playing in the Irish Premiership for Glentoran. So you go from Scotland to Ireland, which is Yeah, I don't I don't really know any Northern Irish Premiership teams. Do you guys? Uh, <laughs> Northern Ireland or Ireland cuz those are very different. Uh Northern Ireland. Okay. Uh yeah, no I I have no clue. Yeah, it's the uh, Niffle, the N-I-F-L, Northern <laughs> Irish Football League. <laughs> the Niffle, what a name. Yep. Yep. Well, anyways, uh, you have teams like uh, Linfeld, Cliftonville, Glentoran, Crusaders, Ballymena United. None of these r- ringing a bell for you? You know, in my frequent time... Journey into <laughs> Northern Ireland. Yeah, and my uh, my alternate life as head writer of the uh, Northern Ireland Soccer Journal. I mean, like I I have the movie Belfast that I'm planning on watching this week. There you That's go. Probably the closest I'll ever be to to any associations with Northern Ireland. Fair. Say the um i think or it's always sunny was in ireland but, but yeah, i think they were in ireland or, or northern <laughs> ireland yeah they were they in were, ireland ah i see yeah they were real real republic ireland. of ireland versus yes northern yes. ireland so close yeah depends on who you ask <laughs> close in in terms of geography yes but i, I think there's no hard feelings between the irish and the northern irish and you can put that on tape it is. It is on tape. 
All right, uh, let us let us wrap up here. We have our uh, where are they now with Dylan Powers done. So we're on to our weird news and our red cards. Kyle, since I know you're ready, I'll go with you first. What is your weird news? A lot of thought went into fully nude NFTs of Madonna giving birth to centipedes. The- I'm reading nothing more about that. I I don't want it in my search history. I don't want to say any more it's- about it, but I'm just going to leave that there and uh, invite you to top it. Is this uh, is this why the NFT market has crashed? Is because Madonna crashed it? Well, you know. it's not Madonna. It's it's the NFT of Madonna giving birth to centipedes. <laughs> Fun. Mm-hmm. I I feel very bad for the poor listener that's <laughs> gonna look it up. Uh, none of us are going to, but I know somebody is going to listen to this and go, "Oh, I'm curious," and. Uh, Whoever you are, tweet at us and let us know so we can make fun of you. You're yeah, you're just gonna be uh you're just gonna be showing up in some very unfortunate search history. You're gonna be getting targeted ads for some very unfortunate things. Hmm. Cool. All right. Um My weird news, San Jose police officer faces charges for masturbating during disturbance call. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that was a fun story to uh, see this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, calling men bald is now considered sexual harassment, according to an employment tribunal. Um, what country? What country came up with that? I'd like to know. Uh, America. Okay, that's actually kind of shocking. I was expecting that to come out of somewhere else. Yeah, this is also coming from a uh, website that you may have heard of called Outkick. Oh yeah, maybe uh, I wouldn't take anything from them at face value. Yeah. I'm willing to bet the company that, or the tribunal or whatever that has decided that it is harassment uh, is OutKick themselves, just generating their own shitty headlines. Yeah. And Gavin, what's yours? Um, This one came out last week. So did you guys already do the one about Marcelo? No. Okay. So former Leon defender Marcelo turns out he, uh, he was banished from the squad in 2021 because he was constantly ripping ass in the <laughs> locker room and he thought it was funny and his it's... teammates did not oh well, his teammates are idiots so, yeah i mean i guess it, it depends is, uh... on how bad the farts are yeah so um it's understood that he was demoted um by former sporting director uh Junino for farting in the dressing room and laughing about it I I uh, that's yeah. top tier. He was a 34-year-old. He's with Bordeaux now. He was cut uh, he was cut from the French club in January uh 5 months after being told that he was no longer a part of the first team squad. Uh Leon allegedly considered his act of air pollution as inappropriate <laughs> behavior and was considered a nuisance following a consultation between the manager and the sporting director. Hmm. Yep. So good. I I love everything about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, soccer locker rooms generally very small spaces, um, so I, I I could see that being quite an issue. Hmm. I think it was just something was lost in translation. He was told to put his heart into it. He heard "put your fart into it." That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe he got lost in translation. It's what it's what I said. 
especially in France. He, who knows? Who knows what kind of shit passes on over there? You know, he he could have thought that that was just culturally appropriate. You just said that some shit passes. Have you ever? I mean, you've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. The the French castle guards about how they fart in your in their space. general direction. Yeah. See. <laughs> okay. Uh, on to red cards. Who's got them? Um, I'm going to give my red card this week. I've already mentioned it on the broadcast, but, uh, or on the, uh, on the podcast here, um, to the camera operators for Toronto, um, why on earth they would schedule a game in the middle of the day where half the field is shaded and the other half is not causing just the absolute worst broadcast experience on earth. So yeah, not, uh, was not a big fan of the whole first half of the Orlando game on Saturday. I think that's fair. Kyle? Yeah, I'm... Uh, man, someone who usually has a lot of problems with people. I don't really have any this week. <laughs> uh, problem is, I don't really have like a playing advantage either. It's just kind of a mediocre week. <laughs> All right. I'm like trying to think of something to be upset about. There's just not, you know. In uh, today's world, having nothing to be upset about. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, I'll come. I'll come with two next week. I'm sure something. I'm sure things will happen over the over the next uh, little while. But no, like I was gonna. I was gonna rant about the Penguins losing, but like the Penguins should have lost. They were. They spent that entire series except for like one and a half games with their third string keeper. So mm. a goalie, I suppose I should use the, 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 the proper term. term. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so like we should have, we should have lost like blowing the three, 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 one lead, obviously like memes and it's funny, but like, I mean, we were, we were, we were never in that series. So, uh, or shouldn't have been, I should say. So yeah, I, you know, the pirates won yesterday on the, I, the Reds completely botching a no hitter. So that was top tier. Uh, yeah, God, what what a concept! No hitting a team and losing. Only, I mean that that game was was between a stoppable force and a movable object. <laughs> Just two two teams that fundamentally do not understand what the sport of baseball even is. And I am very glad that I was not around to watch that game. Fair enough. The okay. Lightning advanced around too, so there's that. Yeah, they did. They, they I did. I, I suppose I'll, I'll root for them. I don't. I don't like to root for teams outside of my own team, but it's a local team. It's it's always interesting to keep up with them. Them and the Florida Panthers to keep up with how they're doing. I think I'd I'd rather the Panthers do well than Tampa, just because Tampa is a cesspool. Not that Miami is much better, but <laughs> you know. Just as long as a Canadian team doesn't win, then I, uh, I'm happy. I am the type of person that doesn't talk negative. And with that, I think we'll call it a day. I have no interest or, or anything to say about red cards or playing advantage. Oh, we can't. Oh, we can't both have nothing. I, I have. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll play advantage to the new multiverses game that uh it has uh, coming out and is free at some point soon uh i am very excited about that and it does look pretty good 
And I'll, I'll I'll give a red card to the Uncharted movie because I was very disappointed in it. That's I knew I was going to be disappointed in it, but it was still like... You, you and I will have to have a conversation in the future about that just because I'm curious your thoughts because I did kind of enjoy it, but... Um, I don't know. Maybe I expect... I. I went in with low expectations because people told me it was going to be bad and maybe I just kind of bought into that because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I was still disappointed in it, if that makes any sense. That's fair. I imagine that's how my parents feel about me on a (laughs) daily basis. And on that note, we'll call it a day. God. Uh, So for Gavin Eubank and Kyle Foley, I'm Austin David saying... Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We will see you next time. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.